0: And welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Big Money Grip, Steve Carsey. Steve, as we promised last week, we're going to be talking about the hottest team in baseball. Any idea who we're going to be discussing today? Probably the Tampa Bay Rays. Absolutely. freaking Until the Blue Jays walloped them and took two out of three, surprisingly, behind future American League Cy Young Award winner Kikuchi. Uh, Maybe. By the way, the the city is getting swept up in Kikuchi fever, by the way. like Everybody is crying about Manoa, and they're getting really excited about Kikuchi. And on the radio, all they're saying is, guys, it's April. It's April. Let's keep a level head here. It's April. But, Steve, it's hard. Even two weeks into the season, you see the Rays making history, 13-0 start. Uh, I really love what they're about.
1: They're a fundamentally sound ball club. Uh, It's the easiest way to to put it into a box. Um, You know, they do a lot of things really well. They pitch well. uh, You know, they situationally hit well, moving guys over, getting guys in when they're less than two outs with runners on third base, uh, and they hit the long ball. Like, you you add all of those little uh, pieces up and – the game's going to dictate what you need to do. So if they need a guy to go up there and move a guy over to try to tie the, the game up or drive them in uh, with a sack fly with less than two outs, men on third, uh, it, you know, the odds are that they're they're going to do it um, consistently over the long haul. So um, they do a great job in Tampa of putting teams together, constructing teams um, with the the resources that they have and the payroll that they have. They use analytics well and, Uh, At the end of the day, uh, you know, I just think they're uh, a little bit ahead of the rest of major league baseball and in how they evaluate players and what makes, what makes them the best that they can be playing in the ballpark that they are and putting a group of guys together collectively that play together as a, as a group.
0: You made me think of a item that I had a question. I wasn't going to go there, but now I really want to go there. So The funny thing about the Tampa Bay Rays goes like this. They've been doing this consistently for quite a while this way. And all of a sudden you got managers, coaches, executives, and other teams coach the talent. They're saying the Rays have the secret sauce. We got to get this over to our team. And it seems like those people leave the Rays, go to those other teams with mixed results. The Rays keep, changing it over as far as on the field from a coaching perspective or the executive level, and they just keep it going is what it like, you would think that as far as when people would leave, they would leave with the intelligence or leave with the, with the formula, but somehow the race keep going. How are they able to do it? Even with turnover with coaching and executives, do you think?
1: Well, the, the formula or, or the secret sauce is, is in the front office on how they run Uh, their algorithms and how they run the way they uh, you know evaluate the player whether it be exit velocity whether it be contact quality whether it be swing decisions there's so many things that go into evaluating a player on a computer with the results that he has previously done uh, in the batter's box so uh, or on the mound so to speak but Uh, they look at these little things that other teams maybe don't look at, and then they give that information and pass it through the the tunnel down to the coaches, and, you know, then there's the communication and the collaboration of how they want to work with the player. But when these coaches leave this organization, they don't get to take that information with them. It's all proprietary. So the front office is, you know, so whatever they can remember in their brain is part of it, but it's still hard to put what's in your brain on a computer with a different ball club. And then, you know, that front office has their own secret sauce on the valuation of their own players that they bring in and construct the roster. So it's just how each individual team decides how they want to construct a roster and put what players with what and how they do it. Like you, you think about the rays, right? I mean, uh, you know, you got the Yandy Diaz's, right? You got the Arosa Reynas. You had the G-Man Choice. He's not there anymore. But, you know, they have these guys that are right-handed, left-handed. Each guy does their own specific thing really well. And then they figure out how to put that puzzle together along with their pitching and just be consistently good in competing, uh, you know, on the field with with what they do. They're just fundamentally sound. They play great defense. Uh, they, they situationally hit well, they hit for power, uh, and they play as a group. Uh, and when, when you can do that, that's how you win baseball games. I don't care what your
0: payroll is. You take judge, you take Otani, you take trout, for example, and you say, these are 10 out of 10 players on whatever scale it's and the, the funny thing is like, we we're talking a little bit about the angels off, uh, off camera there, but, uh, it's, it's the spread as far as from top to bottom lineup where it seems like on the Rays. Every player is a seven out of ten and eight out of ten, just so consistent. I looked at their numbers after that J series when they finished thirteen and two with, with that record. Team average batting two seventy nine, three fifty two on base, five forty eight slug as a team. And you're looking across the spectrum, everybody's doing it. This is a team effort completely. I, I, was it a arena that just had such a good WBC that now? He's brought the bat over that he was using WBC and everybody touches the bat. Everybody touches him for good luck. It just seems like he's brought that magic over. Uh, maybe him playing uh, um, with team Mexico against team Japan. He said, guys, maybe team Japan was onto something here. And like, cause like the way you are describing how the Rays are playing right now, made me think of our discussion with team Japan of how they were playing in the semifinals and finals of the WBC, you know, as far as moving people over doing the smart thing. seems the Rays are playing pretty similar baseball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're having fun, right? I think that's, that's the combination of having fun, winning, uh, trusting your teammates, playing as a group, having your teammates back. Like, there's so many things that go, you know, beyond the scope of just results as a player that help a team win. And the culture that they've built, and I think that's where it starts, is the culture – That you build within an organization or that you build within a team the 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 guys that you evaluate the guys that you sign as free agents the guys that you draft to bring into your organization you have to make sure that they buy into that because if they don't buy into that philosophy then it's never going to work with that player um so you know they just do a great job at uh figuring out uh, you know, the guys to draft along with the guys that they sign as a free agent because they don't give out a ton of money. So they have to find the diamond in the rough, so to speak. uh, If there ever is one with an analytics and, and they pick, they pick and choose who they want. Right. They had, uh, you know, Eflin, I think is their guy this year. They, they, they scooped him up from the Phillies and, and they, I'm almost positive uh, without being within that group or that organization is, they already knew who they wanted before free agency uh, happened that they targeted because they felt like there were things that they could do to Eflin to make him a better pitcher in Tampa than where he was, whether it's, you know, uh, how to use his stuff a little bit better, changing the percentage of how what pitches he throws during a game. If he was more foreseen fastball with Philly, Maybe they thought maybe if we up his if we up his pitch percentage with his curveball and back off his four seam and use more two seams, we can find more success with this guy. So again, it's it's those little things that people don't really uh, think about when certain teams are signing certain players that I think goes a long way. There's there's things that teams already fundamentally know about a player that maybe the player doesn't even know about a player because of the because of the computer and then uh if if they do their homework and they're able to sign this guy then they can apply the plan that they had in place when they when they sign them and if the player is on board and it's probably a conversation that the tampa bay rays have with the agent and then the agent has with the player and then that's how you kind of make the decision of where you want to go
0: so we talked before about the cards and you know, if you're calling up the cards management and they have an outfield prospect, let's get them right away. Cause whatever it is, if they came out of the card system, they seem to do really well. If you're a team and the Rays are calling you about a guy and they're saying, I know you got that third baseman on your roster right now. Doesn't seem to be doing much. We'll take him off your hands. Don't, don't team start to eventually wake up and say, man, if the Rays are asking about him, they must be onto something. Do you think a lot of that happens?
1: There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's well, what do you think? You know, like the, you, you just brought it up you said like well teams look there if we're looking for a coach we're going to pluck in from a certain organization because they do this really well now you got to make sure that you have the talent that that coach can work with to get the best out of them or make your betters play your, your players better um you know and, and it's the same thing is you know organizations look at other organizations and they try to uh you know try to emulate what they're doing to try to make their organization better and try to win more games. It's just – it's like football, right? When a certain defense plays Tom Brady and they shut him down, all those other teams who are playing Tom Brady go and look at the tape of the defense to see how they did it. But a certain team may have better athletes at the defensive position, uh, you know, the defensive line or the linebacking core or the cornerbacks in the backfield there – they may have better cornerbacks to run the plan that they want to stop Tom Brady. So there's always those little things that uh, other teams are looking for. There's always an edge that everybody's looking for, no matter what sport you're in, and and baseball's
0: no different. And again, it's really early, so we're going to stick to the Steve Carsey litmus test, which is 40 games. We're not going to started getting excited until 40 games. But, man, a lot of experts wrote off the raise this year again saying, the Yanks got stronger. The Jays got stronger. The Red Sox are going to wake up. Orioles are really coming around. Sorry, Rays, you're just in too depth of a division, and they just seem to find a way. I'm sorry, man. Like We had a movie. We had a book called Moneyball, and you look at what the A's did back in that time. Now, looking at what the Rays have done for the amount of time they have, I think it's time for a sequel to Moneyball because I think they've taken that kind of concept and they've evolved beyond because they've been doing it consistently. Until they get that World Series, though, I don't know if they'll ever get that pure credit, but it's tough when you have such a payroll disparity, you know, all the analytics in the world, all the scouting world, it's really tough because it feels like Steve, as soon as you develop a person within a year or two, you got to start signing the hundred million dollar contracts or else they're going to be gone. The, the money dollars have come to the point that if you're a small market team, unless you're the Padres, really, you you got to hit on one year. Otherwise keeping that band together is next to impossible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 really tough these days. You know, you don't see very many players stick with the same team throughout their career, and, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, as I was once told uh, early in my career, you don't play the game on paper. You can have all the stats, and you can have all the best players, and you can put it on paper. And just because the paper says that their team is going to win doesn't mean that their team is going to win. I mean, you look at the Padres. You know, the Padres' payroll is, you know, enormous, and it's crazy. And they have all-stars at every position, gold gloves at every position. And they're not off to the hottest start. We'll just say that. I'm not saying how 162 is going to play out, but, you know, you you look at it, and you're like, okay, I might be a little bit worried here because we should be a little bit better than what we are this early in the season.
0: Well, a guy like Brandon Lowe, for example, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Steve. He is not gonna hit 60 home runs. I know I I know I may be stretching here, but I don't think these numbers are gonna transpire over six months' worth. But man, is he hitting out of this world? And it just again consistently across the lineup. A guy that I don't think gets enough credit, and you mentioned him was Yandy Diaz. I just I love those smooth swings, guys that can take walks, doubles machines. You got to line up with these type of guys you're just going to do well but again you know the uh the glue together to me is arena, as far as just as far as what he's done the energy he brings you know the spotlight he brings to the rays I think he's like more than capable and excited to take on a leadership role on still a fairly young ball club they have a nice mix there uh I'm really excited for them the one thing is in the life of baseball baseball is a really good metaphor for life overall because unfortunately folks life is not always fair Look at how they're doing this at this record, you know, being at a 13-2, for example, after that streak. And what what came about? They're their three-fifths of the rotation are missing, you know. Tyler Glass, their top pitcher, Tyler Glass now is is still away. Don't know how, how far he's from coming. Spriggs, you know, uh, Jeffrey Spriggs, uh really got off to a great start. Looked like he was really coming to his own. Now he's gonna be gone for quite a while, could be possibly a few months. Uh, the aforementioned Eflin. I love that Eflin signing. I liked him on the Phillies. I thought the Rays could do a lot with him. And Steve, they're just freaking doing this, and three-fifths of the rotation are gone. But Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, like, they were, they're pulling these guys out of every crevice, and they're like, okay, another guy's injured. Fine, we'll bring another guy who's got a two-year array of one whip. Like, they just keep churning them out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they, they do what is best for their team. You know, they traded Willie Adamas to the Brewers when I was over there. And we we gave them Fireheisen, and uh, Drew Rasmussen. Um, so, like, they understand if they're going to make a trade, there's value for value. And what they value might be different what other teams value, but that's what they feel like they want in return. And when the trade is made, the, the trade is made and they feel comfortable with it. And Cleveland does the same thing. Uh, they, they, they have to get these players in return uh, from these trades. I mean, obviously, if you look at the Francisco Lindor trade with the Mets, the players that they received back from that, they're they're getting – you know, above and beyond, I think, the uh, production that they expected out of those players. Uh, You know, they traded uh, Corey Kluber to to, uh, Texas to get Class A, and look what he's doing. Uh, And Kluber, I think, pitched maybe 15 innings for them before he hurt himself and, you know, was on the shelf and then left, uh, you know, left Texas. But that's a difference maker. Uh, When a team trades a, you know, perennial all-star for a player for a year, they're in a winning window and that player doesn't perform up to their expectations and they give away uh you know a young star and and then cleveland you know reaps the benefits and the rewards for it over a six-year period that's a that's a big step in in having your organization win ball games
0: and uh, a nice uh team uh i think with a lot some some if not a lot of similarities the brewers also off to a nice start and you know i was gonna ask you how they you know they look now at Rasmussen, I'm thinking. Man, he looked good in our uniform still, but you know they seem to find guys all the time. They trade away their all-star closer, hater, and Devin Williams just comes in and is on fire. Like So I think that the Brewers are very much built along the similar lines of the Rays and just got to keep replenishing and keep finding these guys, it seems.
1: that is, Essentially, that's what it becomes, is you got to know when that player, and I hate to use this term, but his expiration date is with you to get the most value from that player in return in a trade in the hater trade. They, they felt like that was the next year was his last year's free agent year, which would have been this year. They were going to pay him X amount of money in arbitration. They already know that figure. And they just felt like, okay, well, if we can pay uh, Devin Williams 3 million or 3.5 million, and save ten million. Where can we use that ten million to better our club and free agency or whatnot? So those are the decisions that are made. They aren't sometimes the 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 most popular decisions with the fans. Uh, you know, sometimes they're not the right decision, but the, the decision at the time, as an organization that had to have to make, to continue the cycle of replenishing their farm system and getting these players back along with the draftees that they have. I mean, you look at their team now, and I watch them, and I've talked to those guys, and you have these young players uh, that that are coming out of here, Joe, the Joey Weemers, the Bryce Terangs, um, you know, Mitchell, the young center fielder that they have. They're plugging these guys in at uh, league minimum and then having players around them fit the mold that they want you know their pitching staff as long as it stays healthy is going to keep them in games and these young players with the the pieces that they put around with some veteran guys like the Adamases and the Tellez's and Tellez isn't making that much money but they plucked him from Toronto uh you know in a trade and plugged him in and now look at him right like he hit 35 homers last year and they can pay him a little bit more and hopefully that production continues but you never know from year to year what kind of production a player is going to have. They can have a steep drop-off or they can stay consistent with what they are or they can have an increase in production. And if you get that increase in production and you get a surplus there for the value that you signed that player for, then you put your then you put your organization in a great position to compete for, you know, one, the division, and then hopefully get to the playoffs and, and get hot at the right time and have an opportunity to uh, advance to the World Series and, and do what everybody place for, and and that's win a ring.
0: I mean, even the Yankees and Dodgers, in my mind, have shown there isn't uh, an unlimited amount of money out there. Even with the contracts that have been thrown around the last offseason, you know, and people are saying, you're a big market team, bad contract, just throw a Band-Aid on it, move on. Well, the Dodgers, you know, they're eating $22 million of Trevor Bauer, and they didn't go and spread that $22 million elsewhere. They're saying, you know what, there's uh, so much to go around. Uh, they let go of Turner and uh, popular fan favorite. And they're saying uh, it's time, you know, and those are the hard decisions. And, you know, I've always said, you know, especially when you do well, when you're a big market team and you do well and you hit the playoffs, you know, are you paying a person based on their, what they've done or what their future holds? And I think in baseball among every other sport, when you're paying a guy on the wrong side of 30 for previous production versus the uncertainty of what's going to come, those are the contracts that bite you more often than not. And, Teams like the Rays just cannot afford it.
1: No, you're right. I mean that that's just you know, that's the way the game is, is you again have to make smart decisions as a front office on guys you want to sign, whether it be year to year or multi-year deals. Uh and you gotta take into account so many different things. You gotta take into account obviously their talent and what you think their production is going to be over the next five years. If it's a five-year contract, you got to take into account, is he a good teammate? What his character is? Is he a leader on and off the field? Like those are things that matter when guys get signed to long-term deals. It's just not like this guy's a great player. We're just going to sign him, but he does everything else bad because when that production goes and he does everything else bad, you don't have very much uh, as an organization. So, Uh, You know, like I said, kind of getting in, digging a little bit deep under the surface. These are the the little things that, you know, uh, we talk about that, you know, maybe the just the regular fan doesn't, you know, look at and it looks at just like the production of the player.
0: Well, I'm I'm going to try not to get ahead of myself too much and predict the Rays going to the World Series at this point, because, again, we are barely into April. But I will say this much, you know, uh, obviously slumps will happen. Injuries will happen. But if they can get those pitchers together and they can function anywhere close to their potential, they could have potentially seven starting pitchers out there. That's a really scary proposition. So it's always to me, it's a lot of these teams. When I look across the board, if there's anything that's really 2023 has said to me, it's health. It's all going to come down to health and just who gets lucky, who gets bit less by the injury bug. And otherwise, slumps will come, you know, uh, streaks will come. But injuries, at the end of the day, I think are decide a lot of this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it does every season. I think it's not only injuries, but it's when guys get hurt. You know, if they get hurt earlier in the season and they have some time to recover by the All Star break, then teams are in a better spot. If if they go through the season and they're in a they're in a fight for first place come August, and two of their starters go down at, in mid to late August, then they're in a much tougher spot. Uh, especially if it's after a trade deadline, um, you know, and, and they can't replenish uh, with, with veteran players that they can have, you know, an expectation of what they're going to do as opposed to putting a young player out there in a situation that maybe he's not accustomed to.
0: Well, with all apologies to the uh, Tampa Rays uh, fans out there, I know you were getting excited for a 20-0 start. You were going to break all sorts of records and, Seeing you know will these guys ever lose a game it's gonna happen and guess what they're gonna lose multiple games they're gonna lose series and that's just how it's gonna go this year but a great start for them and in a strong division and uh it's gonna be it's already off to a great year and so we're gonna pause today on this chapter when we come back next week we'll talk about some teams that maybe aren't faring as well and let's try to give some fans in those cities some hope steve Carsey, big money grip always a pleasure Thank you for again uh for confirming as far as where the Rays are going and uh, hopefully they'll take those words and keep it running this year
1: absolutely thanks for having me look forward to the next one see you soon